long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? Welcome back to Hackberry House, a podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted church of North Korea. My name is Bob. This is podcast number 540. It is August the 7th, 2016. Today we're revisiting Crossing Borders. That's a North Korea ministry that operates out of Glenview, Illinois, not too far from where I live. I do support them regularly. They're not the only North Korea ministry. They're just a good one, and I think uh, you ought to do some research on them and others, ways that you can get involved with North Korea. Here are some readings from their current blog that I just kind of rediscovered, and I wanted to bring things up to date. Actually, these are a little older, but uh, not as old as my book that I've been reading from. A few years ago, we met a North Korean refugee whose house caught fire while home with his family in North Korea. He was able to save his wife and daughter, he said, but after the fire was extinguished, he was arrested and imprisoned. Now, every North Korean household is given a picture of Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il. Each citizen must hang these pictures in a prominent place in their home and make sure they are dusted and straightened regularly. These photos are of utmost importance in the lives of North Koreans. The man was arrested because he went into his home to save his wife and daughter, but not the pictures. He was recently released from several years in prison and escaped to China as a North Korean refugee. People often ask us, and this is crossing borders talking here, how the North Korean regime is able to retain this kind of power. A Western government that instilled such draconian measures, they say, would surely incite a revolt. But the North Korean regime holds power because it instills an unshakable fear in the hearts and minds of its citizens. But times are changing. And the vice grip the regime once had on the hearts and minds of its people is eroding. North Korea's control on the minds of its citizens is an issue we have to deal with for many of the North Korean refugees we've met, especially when we started working with them in 2003. North Korean refugees would cower in fear when we would first meet them. They were taught that Americans are baby-eating monsters. But things are changing. As information is creeping into North Korea from the outside world, the regime is losing its reverence capital. The result of this isn't a callousness to authority and power. Quite the opposite. The people of North Korea have been left with a deep longing to honor a higher authority. North Korean refugees are coming to China, savvy of the situation they are in. They know about their government. They know about the prosperity of the outside world. But with this knowledge, they're also seeking something else essential to their lives. Melanie Kirkpatrick's book, Escape from North Korea, describes the conversion rates of North Korean refugees. Many people insist that North Koreans are converting in China 
because they are rice Christians, meaning they convert to receive aid. If this was true, we would not be seeing the robust Christian population of North Korean defectors in South Korea, most of whom claim that they converted in China, according to Kilpatrick. Kirkpatrick. Crossing borders believes the only thing that can satisfy the longing in a person's heart is God himself. We do not force our belief on anyone, but many do come to believe what we do. All right, that's the first story I wanted to give you from crossing borders. Now here's another one in that same uh, website. The Chinese police barged into the room where our missionaries were meeting with two North Korean refugees several years ago. There was a Bible open in front of them, and it wouldn't take much for the police to figure out what was going on. One of the officers had a large video camera and began to record everything. Our missionaries make regular visits to the refugees and orphans in our network and are active in helping North Korean refugees with their specific needs. Our missionaries that we'll call Frank and Sonny were taken aback. Sonny was sitting with two refugee women. When the police came in, Frank was off in a corner of the room watching television. Immediately, Sonny whispered in English, Don't turn around. He stayed still while the TV blared on. China punishes male missionaries more harshly than it does women, and it punishes missionary couples the most, according to our sources on the ground. Though Christianity is not outlawed, China has a history of being unwelcoming to foreign missionaries, and to this day it is illegal for foreigners to proselytize in China. Well, Frank and Sunni were terrified, and for good reason. As the police was questioning our missionary and two refugees, they looked around the room and they didn't see Frank watching television in plain sight. He didn't have anything to hide behind. And according to everyone there, it was a miracle that the police didn't see him. All of a sudden, Frank got up from his chair and said to Sonny, We have to go. They put on their shoes and left for home without a word from the police. That month, Crossing Borders was the prayer focus of one of our closest partner churches. Frank and Sonny didn't know it, but this church was busy praying for them. They said the incident reminded them of Acts 12, where Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Peter was imprisoned for preaching the gospel. As the church prayed, Peter was met by an angel, escorted out of prison, and showed up at the prayer meeting the church was holding for him. This must have felt surreal to Peter's supporters. When a woman announced that Peter was at the prayer meeting, nobody believed her. Oh, prayer is powerful. In Acts and throughout the Bible, it led to miracles. That's why we're so focused on getting people to pray with us. I have one more story from, from the website. Number three. For North Koreans in China, finding help from anyone can be difficult. 
This is especially true for finding medical care. But for those who struggle with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, finding help can be impossible. China struggles to deliver quality medical care to its citizens. The World Health Organization has ranked China's medical care system 144 out of a possible 190 countries. We found this to be true and we recently brought a doctor from the United States to assess the medical needs of the refugees in our network. Refugees who had access to some medical care were often misdiagnosed or over-prescribed medicines that didn't treat the cause of their symptoms. We also found that the refugees in our network were relatively healthy. They do not suffer from issues that many people in the developed world suffer from, like heart disease or type 2 diabetes. Many of the symptoms that the refugees suffer uh, can, in fact, be related to PTSD. Along with the internal symptoms of this condition, such as irritability, trouble sleeping, trouble concentrating, angry outbursts, uh, many of our refugees display psychosomatic symptoms. There are symptoms from a, a mental disorder that manifest themselves physically. Now, the symptoms that our doctor saw last year were all in line with textbook PTSD. Even in our new area where the refugees feel safe from immediate harm, they, they still display strong symptoms of that disease. It's important for us to handle this condition in a way that is consistent with our faith and is culturally sensitive. The good news is that treatment for PTSD was already occurring. We have and are forming new faith communities. These communities are a place for our refugees to gather together for worship and fellowship. This is happening in our communities now. This year we started three churches in the new area we're working in. Already these churches are thriving and they're helping our people deal with the trauma they experienced in North Korea and China. We'll continue to improve our services, but the bulk of their needs are being met. Please pray for us as we continue to help these, uh, support these churches and further expand our reach. Well, that's pretty self-explanatory. Will you pray? Will you pray? And will you get in touch with either crossing borders or open doors or voice of the martyrs so many different places you can go to offer your services yes your money sometimes your person there are things you can do if you are really wanting to serve North Korea and the other persecuted peoples of the world I would like you to go to my website where you're we are there probably already and Check out the long series that I have on North Korea, North Korea Audio Weblog, it's called. And daily, well, three times a week anyway, North Korea updates on photos. Uh, just click on photos and then click on those albums that you see there at the beginning. Scores of picture updates on North Korea. I did one just today. So you'll know what's going on over there and how you can pray. Well, tomorrow we go back to Fanny Crosby. Part 4 of this dear, dear saint of the Lord and uh, her growth as a child, a young woman, and how she finally got into writing songs and became a prolific uh, writer of 9,000 hymns that you probably sing sometime yourself. 
thought you should know about her. Then also this week, we'll be adding to the mix not only the continued questions and answers when I come to them, we're doing the book of Job next, but also I wanted you to be updated on the Jehovah's Witnesses, their teachings, their doctrines, and why they believe what they believe, and how uh, difficult, how serious a thing it is for them to believe that and for you to, to listen to them for very long at a time. We'll talk about the Jehovah's Witnesses this week also from a classic book also, The Kingdom of the Cults. You've probably heard of it. I've received permission to read quite a few pages that are devoted there to Jehovah Witnesses. That's all we're going to do today. God bless you. Don't forget where we started, which was Psalm 89:46. How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? <laughs>